Let us pray for illumination. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. So today we're going to do something a little different. It's a responsive reading. So if you look in your hymnals, in the very back, like way, way back, number 639 is titled Christ's Sufferings. Our reading today is from Isaiah. Chapter 53, verse through the ninth verses. So we're reading responsibly. I'll start. Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and he carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We are all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. And who can speak of his descendants? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was stricken. He was assigned the grave with the wicked, and with the rich in his death. But he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. This is the word of the Lord. A New Testament reading is from the eighth chapter of Acts. Now the book of Acts starts with the story of Pentecost and proceeds to tell how the gospel spread from Jerusalem to many parts of the world. The first part of chapter eight tells how a young preacher named Philip had great success in the city of Samaria. You might think that he would then be called to a big church in some bigger city in football, you know, he, he would have become a top draft pick, first round maybe. In baseball, they would have called him up to the show. You'd expect him to get promoted. That's not exactly what happened. So listen to the story of Philip as recorded in Acts chapter 8. Then an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get up and go toward the south, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. 
This is a wilderness road. So he got up and went. Now there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of her entire treasury. He had gone to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home, seated in his chariot. He was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, go over to this chariot and join it. So Philip ran up to it and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. He asked, do you understand what you are reading? He replied, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to get in and sit beside him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb silent before its shearer, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, about whom, may I ask you, does the prophet say this, about himself or about someone else? Then Philip began to speak, and starting with this scripture, he proclaimed to him the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is some water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? And Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he replied, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He commanded the chariot to stop, and both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus. And as he was passing through the region, he proclaimed the good news to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we are like that Ethiopian eunuch because if someone asks us if we understand what we read in Scripture, we too would have to say, how can I unless someone guides me? With your Holy Spirit, guide us so that we will understand your word for us today. In Christ's name, amen. Double E needed a hermeneut, do we? Well, when you read the title of today's sermon, you probably had two one-word questions. Double E and hermeneut? When you heard double E, you may have thought about shoes. Now, as a teenager, I did some work in one of my grandfather's dry goods stores, so I learned something about selling shoes. And some days it felt like I was selling boats, big shoes. For example, if a person uh, puts on a new pair of shoes and they walk around and make kind of a slap, slap, slap sound, usually that means the shoes are too big. On the other hand, it's usually okay with the parents if the child's shoes are just a little too big because children will outgrow shoes way before they wear them out. In fact, there was one time when Betty and I bought a pair of shoes for Paul and they fit just fine at the store. 
in a carrier somewhere, and we got home, and he put them on, and they were too little. It felt like his feet grew that fast. Well, have you ever used a Brannock device? It's that gizmo you put your foot on to determine your shoe size. It was invented from a young man from Syracuse, New York. Charles Brannock, a student who wanted to improve the measurement of feet. They used to use kind of a wooden block and you'd compare your foot to it and that didn't work out so well. He wanted to make it easier to buy shoes and boots that fit. For example, now a man's size one is seven and two thirds inches long and each size up is a third inch longer. And our United States system has nine different shoe widths from AAA to AAA with D being average. Kind of like in some schools, I guess, but each size, you see, is a third of an inch wider. But no, the double E we're talking about today is not a wide-footed fellow, but an Ethiopian eunuch, a man who had three questions. His first question was in response to a question from Philip, who had asked double E, the Ethiopian eunuch, do you understand what you're reading? Philip knew that this fellow was reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah because the man was reading out loud. In those days, you see, it was the practice to read out loud. In fact, what I've read is that reading silently did not become the common practice until several hundred years later the, when St. Augustine was around. And they speculate that maybe that was to not disturb the other monks in there contemplation. So who is this double E? Well, we know he was a government official. He was in charge of the treasury for the Candace, queen of Ethiopia. He'd been in Jerusalem to worship, and he's on his way home, not on foot like most people got around, but in a chariot or perhaps a wagon. There were some people who converted to Judaism, but Jewish law prohibited that. In this case, first, because the man was a eunuch. Now, sometimes the Bible is, will refer to certain Gentiles as God-fearing people. They were people who worshipped Yahweh, the God of Israel, but they had not been circumcised. They had not been made fully official. We know that Double E was well-to-do. He had the time and the money to travel. And he had a chariot to travel in. And we know that he was literate and had, he was educated and had a scroll of the book of Isaiah. But Philip was not sure that Double E was understanding what he was reading. And this well-to-do, literate treasury official was a man who could see that he needed someone to help him understand Isaiah. And he was ready to listen to Philip. We know what Double E was reading. He was reading the very passage that Sarah read us in reading responsively just a few minutes ago. The passage of scripture he was reading was this, like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, like a lamb, silent before its shearer, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. 
Now, you and I have heard the gospel story. We who have read the New Testament, we know who died for us. But Double E, this well-to-do, educated official in the court of a queen, did not know. So he asked his second question. The eunuch asked Philip, about whom, may I ask you, does the prophet say this? Himself or someone else? We don't know exactly what Philip said. But we do know that he began to speak, and starting with the scripture from Isaiah, he proclaimed to the eunuch the good news about Jesus. And that explanation was so thorough, so convincing, so persuasive, that when they happened upon a pond in the wilderness, Double E asked his third question. What is to prevent me from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. Well, according to the rules, the rules were, no, he didn't get to be joined in all this. But that's not the way the Spirit of God moved Philip. So out of the wilderness, Philip baptized the very first Gentile to become a Christian since the resurrection. So what do you think? Are we like double E? Do we need a hermeneut? Okay, first you want to know plain English, what's a hermeneut? A hermeneut is an interpreter. It's what double E was asking for, a guide to help him understand what he was reading in the Bible. Much of the Bible is not self-interpreting. Well, we can interpret for ourselves, but in the words of the scholar and professor Shirley Guthrie, that runs the risk of letting us find in the Bible only what we take with us. That it risks that we will use it to confirm what we already think. And we will hear only what we want to hear. The problem is that our biases, our preconceptions, our prejudices can keep us from facing the radical claims of the living God on every, every area of our lives here and now. Like the Ethiopian eunuch, we need a guide. Now, this Professor Guthrie suggests a few guidelines. First, he says scripture is to be interpreted in light of its purpose. That is, the Bible is not a science book or a history book. It tells us the ultimate origin, meaning, and goal of life. Secondly, the scripture interprets scripture. That is, listen to the total witness of the scripture, not just a few selected passages that support what we already think and want to hear. For example, it's real tempting for parents to tell their children, honor your father and mother, and to forget that the Bible also says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. <laughs> and Colossians adds, don't provoke your children or they may lose heart. So when someone hits you on the head with a Bible verse, or if you're tempted to hit them on the head with a verse, ask yourself, what else does the Bible say on this subject? Thirdly, use the Jesus test. Jesus is the very best revelation of who God is and how God wants us to live. As Wesley said, Jesus is the role model. 
Consider how scripture would be in light, interpreted in light of what Jesus did and what Jesus commanded us to do. Fourth, use the rule of faith. One of our confessions says that listening with respect to fellow believers, past and present, we anticipate that the Holy Spirit will enable us to interpret faithfully God's word for our time, our place. And fifth, use the rule of love. All right interpretations reflect the love of God and the love of God's people for all kinds of people everywhere. Everyone included and no one excluded. And the sixth test that Guthrie suggests, or guideline, reminds us that the Bible's written not in English or in any other modern language, but in Hebrew, Greek, and a little Aramaic. Unless we learn those languages, we have to rely on translations. One of the helpful guides for me is to use a study Bible. I must have five or six different ones. Uh, such a study Bible has cross-references and notes to help the reader understand the context, the unusual words. As uh, Professor Tom Long down at Emory has written, the biblical word is never merely about back then. It's always a word to us in this moment, in these circumstances, or as I like to say, right here, right now. One of the several study Bibles I consult is uh, this one I have with me today. This is the Common English Bible, the CEB Study Bible. And in one of their articles, they suggest what they call attitudes for reading and studying Scripture. First, read prayerfully. We always pray for illumination, that is, to ask the Holy Spirit to enlighten us as we read God's Word. Second, read and study expectantly, being prepared to be surprised, astonished, blessed. Third, read and study persistently. Like most things that are worth doing, Bible study takes work. It's not always easy, but you have to stick to it. Fourth, read confidently. Don't be intimidated. Trust God to guide you. If you think about it, double E, the Ethiopian eunuch, was just about as other as a guy could be. He was not a Jew. He was not eligible to become one. He was of a different color and from not just another country, but another whole continent. As we sometimes say, he was not, he's not from around here. But with the assistance of a hermeneut, an interpreter, he was moved by God's word to affirm Jesus Christ as his savior. And he was accepted by a preacher who saw no barrier to baptizing him and accepting him as a brother in Christ. You see, the world is full of people like double E, people who need someone to teach them, someone who has been embraced by God and who can read the cold print on the page in the warm light of God's abundant grace. Thanks be to God.
God's Spirit is poured out upon us to make our hearts strong with love and bold with praise so that we may proclaim God's Son, Jesus, right here and to the ends of the earth. So now go and may the glory of God fill you with praise. May the bounty of Christ strengthen you in service. And may the power of the Holy Spirit fill you with peace this day and forevermore.